Hey everybody, Hello. welcome back to Wandering to Wellness. Finn and Lydia as per usual, your hosts, and today we're welcoming onto our new series, What's in Your Basket, Stephanie Preisner. Hello. Very lucky to have Stephanie in our little hokey Batcave studio, because Stephanie is an author, a screenwriter, host of her own podcast, which is amazing, on which she's hosted, like, you know, Artie Shook, she's hosted Ryan Tuberty, so we're like, very privileged to have a Stephanie Preiser in our studio. <laughs> it's got character, I like it. It definitely has character, that's true, that's it's very kind. <laughs> We're pulling it together, held together by glue and string. And, um, and brought to you by Apple. And brought to yeah. you by Apple, exactly, I know, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so thank you so much for coming in to do this. You're so welcome. Um, really interesting to meet you and to know some of the things, to get to know some of the things behind what I know from your online, in, on screen, etc. presence. Yeah. Um, Things I didn't know, yes. I'm going to start off with. You're a chili eating contest winner? Yes, I... <laughs> I enter mixed chili. Enter mixed chili. <laughs> I've never had this one, but I have something wrong with my taste buds or something mm. right with them. Nobody um, no one has ever <laughs> been able to provide me with something that was too spicy for me. Okay. And um, like, for example, my husband bought me a bar of chocolate on Amazon that came with a warning. Oh, wow. It was like this is like four hundred and fifty million Scovilles. Like oh, this chop, it comes in a. It's called instant death or instant regret. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a black bar. Why does it happen for somebody you love, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, like this. I definitely feel a kick off this, but like, but other people were like vomiting. Oh wow! Getting like eyes rolling back in their head like Whoa. it's very very spicy chocolate great Amazing. for a christmas party <laughs> <For gift>. <laughs> um so i really like being challenged by my food so this is i believe i think it's is it one and a half million scoville scale uh this this hot sauce it hasn't got it written on yeah i know you're like whatever there's one hotter which we don't even stock um, because people will find it too much well so we did a chili challenge with mick in the store before the summer and oh, I it's a ghost chili yeah 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 so you, you're like yeah i've been there i've got been it. there yeah my got nose it. is running already <laughs> um so he's like what well, i think it's like the second hottest chili that guy in the carolina reaper which is what's in his hottest one uh the, the hottest one is like 50 percent carolina reaper i think this is close to 50 percent ghost chili. yeah that's what it says there there you 50 go yeah. ghost there you chili. Are. okay great i know my products um phew so yeah, I, 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 what's beautiful about this for us, because we're a health food store, right? And I like, what I love is that hot sauces have come back into the kind of like domain, general domain, whatever, because this is like seriously anti-inflammatory cognitive support. Like there's incredible studies done with like, if you can induce a fever with chilies, that you can also like reduce interleukin-6. You can do all sorts of fascinating things that relate to like long-term dementia prevention, all sorts of stuff. So like hot sauce is massive health food, in I'm my opinion. Well, I think so too, and I'm really glad that it has come back because you even notice, like, I think a lot of people's metric of health is calories, which is so wrong, and but we could get to that another time. Boom! That's that yeah. we've literally been giving a talk on that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, That's um, great. so people are like into hot sauce because the calories are low. But oh, I yeah. know, do you know that brand yeah. Cholula? Like, it's kind of the mm. on the back of that that says if you are looking for the calories on this, like. You're, you're in it for the wrong thing. Like it has oh, some message of like, why are that. you even looking at this? <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know, great. if you're gonna be seasoning something with mm. this or, you know, the alternatives are like ketchup and sweet chili, it's just game changer. It's the real stuff, yeah. absolutely. And also for those who can't tolerate too much chili, they'll probably stop eating quite early. So yeah. it will be quite locale. <laughs> yeah. And what do you, what's your favorite thing to put chili on? Um, so generally like this conversation comes around and people are like, I bet I know, no, no, I've tasted one that you won't be able to handle and they'll bring it over and it's just sort of like a 
a chip or a corn cake and I'm like no it's fine but I like to make um like I add it to chili con carne I add it mm. to like a bean stew that I make uh or or sometimes just kind of and um, just a, a little bit to spice up something that I'll put in my version of yeah. bolognese, but my husband's one will be without. Yum. <laughs> I, we love it on like loose scrambled eggs, that's sort of like that yeah. Cuevas Rancheros vibe. There's just so many applications, kind of everything. It, like the thing is that hot sauce has become so ubiquitous that it's now, you know, people assume you go to like hipster cafes, it's like, where's the hot sauce? And yes. there's guaranteed to be a house-made fermented whole food hot sauce. Hot it's sauce. weird, isn't it? That came out of nowhere, like 10 years ago. Frank's and that's it. Forget it. Yeah. Like, but I think we're, we're done with Frank's now. I, Which I is brilliant. We yeah, I'm really happy we are. That's great. I'm yeah. really happy you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with Frank's. And it's not even spicy. It's just orange. Speaking <laughs> of spice, probably to keep the theme going, also a bit a bit off off the beaten track. I was surprised you really, you know this. You know Harry's. Yes. Yeah, that's really Harry's. cool. How did you come across Harry's? So Harry's is like chili nut butter, right? Because it's got peanut, it's peanut butter and it's okay. got chili. Okay, it's right. it's got too much everything. Somebody, did somebody find you with it or did you go find it? Um, I, yes, I don't know if I should say this, but I was gifted a, another brand of peanut butter. Okay. And X, X, brand. X brand peanut butter. <laughs> and I put it up on Instagram being like, oh, this is, and they, they also have different flavors with their peanut butter. And somebody messaged me and they were like, if you like that, you need to try Harry's. Like oh. Harry's all the way. And I was like, okay, so then I started trying Harry's. Boom, okay, great, honest. Yeah, so. Issue Harry's... is though, like, go on. It's like, this could live in the fridge, you know, sprinkle here and there. This is like with a spoon. Yeah, it's gone, <laughs> like, yeah, it's very gone. quickly. I know that's a, it's not like nut butter traditionally are a spread, right? And so you like, you have a little bit on your toast or whatever, but that is unfortunate because you open it up to start using it on the, on the yeah. whatever your toast and it's already you can't uh, you have to clean you to lick the spoon and then you yeah, shake the knife yeah yeah, yeah exactly the whole lot the whole the corners lot. of the bread are missing so you go back in <laughs> it's a drizzle really it's a, it's a drizzle, drizzle. Yeah. yeah yum nice so good choice and harry do you know where he came out of that's the what stable he's from no. stable fumbly do you know the fumbly yes fumbly is one of our favorite cafes in town so they have like they'd be like seeded so many good food brands so him, scale Their bread. Ham and eggs. Yeah, like, I know. So good. So many bits that they do. It's like it's, there is a secret sauce to what goes mm -hmm. on in the fumbly. And it's like Mouso came from there as well. Mouso, of course. Yeah. yeah. So three massive, massive things. Well, as far as we're concerned, massive yeah. in our lives in terms of our cupboard. What's in our cupboard? Um, but yeah, Harry was working as a chef. Though, not into oh. peanut rave. No. Oh, oh come no. on. We'll cut this bit out. <laughs> no. I, what? What's up? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Not hot enough. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. It just feels like it's missing a thing, you know? That's interesting. Mm. So I'll ask for it without. I wonder. That's fascinating. You could, okay. you could be like Stephanie's Ryan. You could make your own special. Special chili Ryan. Because yeah. Ryu just means sauce. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Which like everyone was like, ah, Ryu. You're like, no, no, Ryu, just generic term for sauce. It just happens that the first Ryu into our country was yeah. Katie Sanderson's White Mouse. Yeah. yeah. Um, so on the food theme, keeping going on that, our next one, you have an olive oil. I do have an olive oil. Yeah. Um, TikTok gave me a fear of seed oils. Oh no! It's given it's everyone, everyone the fear of seed oils. I have, it's a bit like you in the calories. I have a bruise on my head from and talking about oils. the seed oils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're fine. So they're, it's the the problem is that standard uh, standard American diet is what's used as the reference point for all TikTok based health information, which is that you know most people are having lots of refined processed foods, and if you look on the back of them, they're all omega omega six dominant vegetables that are also like refined and then oxidized you know so they're just damaged in every way they could possibly okay. before they even get into your body in a body that's already not eating well that has no great pool of fat soluble antioxidant reserves to quench the damage heart disease diabetes oh okay. fair enough but you i with our nice selection of diet and your great hot sauce and you know you're cooking whole foods there is no problem with seed oils particularly like 
Irish grown, organic, what, like, come on, like, like, yes, of course, rapeseed oil. So if it's like monoculture from a vast production, it's wiping out, you know, reserves of habitats for all sorts of little fowl mm -hmm. and lots of other good things. But like, as far as nutritionally, we've just gone so overboard on the vegetable. I'm so like, literally the bruise. But what do we need to look for on the back of an oh, oil yeah. thing to make it to, to be know. Like, this isn't horrendous? That's a really, really good That's thing to ask. So I think if you look, I mean, organic isn't always available, but organic would be my first thought when it comes to oils, because usually an organic producer is going to just pay attention to the quality of the oil in the processing and the extraction, because heat is anathema to oil. So heat, particularly with monounsaturated ones like omega-6, omega-9, omega-3 rich fats, whether they're from linseed or olive or nut-based, vegetable-based things, they don't like heat. They also don't like light. So if it's in a dark glass bottle, Okay. Good. If it's in plastic, that's also a worry because plastic leaches Because you know that, that big plastic yeah. perforated, I don't know, was it called like fry light or fry mm. oh, something? I'm terrified of fry light, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like that's that's what I picture when the guy on TikTok is like, you're vegetable. killing yourself. Yeah, yeah. and you are because with Doritos that are full of vegetable oil, you are killing yourself and he's right, you know, but the thing is that it's not vegetable oil, it's how it's presented. Okay. So good quality, raw, extra virgin, organic olive oils, cooked in low temperature, beautiful. High temperature stuff, I say organic rapeseed oil, organic coconut oil, organic ghee, organic butter, depending on what temperature it is. Those are the things that you really, that's where your quality is in your fats. And the thing is, not so much, and it's kind of like the cholesterol debate without getting too lost in the weeds here. But with cholesterol, we always think it's like the cholesterol in your foods that's causing the thing, or the fats in your foods that are causing the mm -hmm. cholesterol production. But actually, it's the carbohydrates that are triggering the body to produce the cholesterol, sure. usually, and other stress factors. Da -da -da. Same case with these guys. It's like you don't necessarily have a concern with uh, with good quality fats when they're taken in the right format. And it's not necessarily the fats that are causing heart disease. It's the fact that your body hasn't got the other antioxidants coming in the diet. So vitamin E, vitamin A, those are your big fat soluble antioxidants. They're rich, like found in avocados, which we all love in our hipster breakfast with our or whatever, maybe not. Um, <laughs> those are the like, those are the places, vitamin E also uh, in like almonds and walnuts and also like good oils when they're treated well. So all whole foods come with the package of antioxidants to protect the fats as well, because that's okay. how foods arrive. Avocado, you open it, starts to brown because the it's oxidation of the fats as a result of those antioxidants being used up essentially. They're like, ah, I'm trying to like save the plant, but it's got no source because it's not connected to the tree anymore. So if we have our food grown close to us, delivered to us fresh, less refined, with the antioxidants in the rest of our diet, it doesn't really matter about the vegetables. It really doesn't. It matters about how we cook with them and you know how many of them, you know, what we eat. So but one of the things you just said there is that you can't cook with this in a high temperature. Definitely. This is such a controversial thing. Every big chef still goes on about olive oil for cooking. Like Jamie Oliver, sorry to call names, but like loads of them do. And they're like loads of olive oil and it's a big hot pan. Olive oil has a very low smoke point. It's got a lot of antioxidants to protect it from damage, but it's got a very low smoke point. What chefs do when they want to cook commercially with it they call they, they use pumice which is refined olive oil which mm -hmm. is none of those antioxidants left in it okay. so it's not good for you anymore it still has some of the flavor and it's super cheap it's like the last bit when they're squeezing out the last shite excuse my language yeah. out of the olive you know that's what they get is pumice and yeah so so for for my money like i saute in olive oil and i finish foods in olive oil because it's delicious and you don't want to ruin it or waste mm -hmm. it and it's also a, like if you go to a greek household so these guys produce what's called a green oil so they produce it like eight weeks earlier when the olive fruit hasn't really ripened yet and so it's much less production volume and you get a much higher concentration of antioxidants and so it'll be much higher higher like hydroxytyrosol and all these other kind of like amazing oliuropane these things that help to you know essentially kill bugs in our body manage pain inflammation all sorts of good stuff so they keep that in their medicine cabinet 
that's like it's treated as a medicine so it's this food medicine kind of spectrum continuum thing where this is a really good medicine pumice is bad for you and the green olive oil is like medicine and so how do you feel about people who mix this with like a bit of balsamic something I am those people. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you can mix it with stuff. You just yeah. can't. You just shouldn't cook on high temperatures. That's it. really the if only If you're choice cooking on high temperatures, your choice would be the yeah. coconut oil. Uh, rapeseed oil if it's organic and quality. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And tell me one question. Is it better for people to only use this one really good olive oil mm -hmm. or to use a lower quality version of all the different oils you mentioned and have variety? That's a Jesus Hobson's choice. So have a lower quality, but are you speaking to people who maybe don't have the money to spend on the higher quality ones? Is that where you're kind of going? I'm just asking, no, to anyone. Like, is yeah. it better for Stephanie to go, I'm going to get this one really good olive oil and that's the oil that I use in my I... diet? Or is it better for her to go, maybe I don't buy the really good one, but I buy like a medium good okay. coconut oil and then I have a ghee and then I have an olive okay, oil. Okay, you have a lot of, oh, sorry, I mean lots of different olive oils. I'm with you now. Yeah, I would say that varieties of spice of life is kind of the fundamental. Um, I don't think because the problem is, as you know, science doesn't really submit to polyfactorial sort of, you know, analyses because it's too expensive and particularly with nobody's doing that with olive oil and coconut oils. But my instinct is to think that like the, the more variety, probably the better, because you've lots of different polyphenols, lots of different other things contained within other different fruits and vegetables. And the more variety polyphenols in our diet, the broader the spectrum of, of bugs that survive in our mm -hmm. gut or that, that thrive in our gut as a result of the polyphenol processing that goes on there. And the broader the spectrum of bugs in our gut, the longer we live, according to mouse model studies, is one of the most fundamental things. That and because it relates to secretory IgA and other things that are like longevity associated. So, yeah, I would, yeah, I think yeah. so. That's not like a black and white response, I don't think, or question. Sorry, that got very into the weeds and all of it, didn't it? Because of TikTok. Because <laughs> yeah. of all because of TikTok. Just TikTok. Well, it's like the best thing TikTok's ever done is actually promote a good conversation. Um, next, so we're on to the nutritionals since we started in that direction. You use magnesium? I use magnesium. Mm. I was told by TikTok. No, I was, <laughs> I was told once that my like overactive mind and restless legs and just oh. inability to be like, okay, just the day is over. Like you can just take a break mm -hmm. um, would be helped by magnesium. And I have been taking it since and I- It's been working for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think like it's probably, it's the most sold supplement in our shop and probably in the whole world at this stage. Um, there's, the thing is every year there seems to be a new study that finds a new part of our biology or physiology that relies on magnesium as some sort of, cause it's a big coenzyme cofactor sort of thing to a lot of process in the body. And all of our body functions pretty much rely on enzymes. And so like up until I think it was like two or three years ago, they're like, okay, all the marketing people for, for magnesium were like, okay, and magnesium's in, I'm gonna do an American accent, it's like, it's involved in over 350 different enzyme reactions, da, 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 da. And then over the last couple of years, that's been revised, and there's like a thousand different enzyme reactions in the body. So mm -hmm. there's, it's so fundamental to life. And the big problem for me is that magnesium, and we're a food shop, right? So I don't wanna sell these supplements if I don't have to, genuinely, I don't. That's why you see, when you walk in our shop, it's most health food shops are kind of almost a bit pharmacy-ish these days. There's a lot of supplements. But you want to be giving that to people through food. Exactly. But the problem is that in the big long range studies of nutrients in foods, there's a massive decline in nutrients like magnesium, iron, all these sorts of like really critical nutrients. And you're talking about like 60 to 90% drop off in most minerals in food content over the last 60 to 70 years. This because is big... of soil or because of farming or because of? All those things. So it's soil because, because farmers should be farming soil. 
and farmers don't farm soil they farm crops, crops and that's problematic um, and because okay. when you're nourishing the soil the nour soil nourishes the crops and it all comes back around in this nice cycle of life and um, but luckily we have Briggs Meg. Briggs Meg. <laughs> exactly. And who, Thank you, TikTok. And who else other than Stephanie would benefit from Briggs Meg? Yeah. And uh -huh. we have magnesium citrate, mm. oxide, magnesium glycinate, magnesium yeah. whatever. Yeah, all the things. So it's all about the ionic bond. So most of them are what's called they're amino acid chelates. So magnesium is an ion. If you take it in its chemical form, it'll just go through your gut. You'll be like, I don't recognize that. Doesn't look like food. Not touching it. And so it just flushes through. Well, so what we have to do, or these manufacturers have to do, is to bond it to a, an amino acid to fool it into thinking that it's protein, essentially. Mm -hmm. So it binds to amino acid, receptor, amino acid receptors and then ionizes across the gut wall. The strength of that ionic bond is a big part of how or whether it gets across the gut wall in the first place. So magnesium oxide, the cheapest possible form of magnesium, really loose ionic bond. Usually that's taken for constipation because it'll relax smooth muscle. One of the best things magnesium does is in, like it's great because it gently relaxes blood vessels, takes pressure off the heart, da da da. It also, it'll just do that to the gut if it doesn't get across the gut wall. So it'll just deliver to the gut and reduce your constipation problems. But uh, when it's a good quality one, so the stronger what's called organic amino acid chelates, including citrate, bisglycinate, malate, threonate, taurate, these sorts of guys, they have different molecular weights. So the size of the thing is, is bigger or smaller. And also they have different strengths and ionic bonds. The big thing is like, I think you can take them as citrate has been working. Mm -hmm. People get really lost on like, oh, I have to, I have to find a three and eight because TikTok says I have to find a magnesium three and eight. That really is the thing. There's no many magnesium three and eight in Ireland. There's loads of them available around the states, but do we need it? I don't know. Like, it's it. The reason that people are being told to take this because it's a very small molecular weight and it crosses the blood-brain barrier. And everyone's being told like, no other magnesium does that. I'm like, but loads of magnesium are helping in sleep. There are loads of magnesium that seem to be contributing to this like, you know, this stage from tryptophan in our foods that then magnesium helps to convert it to 5-hydroxytryptophan to convert it to serotonin, to convert back to melatonin to help us sleep. And yeah, for my money, if magnesium citrate is working for you, keep using it, because it's also like a tenth of the price of magnesium 3 and 8. Like, mm -hmm. I think we get too hung up on that. The reason I like this one, and genuinely this is the one we sell the most of in the shop now, is because some people don't get benefit from citrate. They still find that citrate delivers to the gut wall, whatever it is about their digestive systems or whatever physiology things. This guy, is a really strong ionic bond. It absorbs across a much longer chain of the digestive tract than other ones. And the glycine, when they like cleave apart across the goal, glycine is, works as an inhibitory neurotransmitter. So a bit like GABA, helping to like calm the racing mind, improve clarity, focus, you know, generally helping us with sleep as well. It's not like a stimulant, that's the mm -hmm. nice thing. That's the beautiful part about all the things that, that we like talking about, which is like, Things to help your sleep at night are things that help your energy during the day. It's the same thing. If you deliver good energy during the day, you will sleep better because your body's like, oh, it's regulating me. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like caffeine in the morning to wake us up and then yeah. friggin' whatever, you know. Something to take us down. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's a balancer. It's a balancer. It's a great regulator. <laughs> well, I'm all about it. I've nice. been taking it for years and I like I'm it a lot. I'm really interested to hear how, how that goes in comparison to the citrate. Like if it can be any better or if there are things that citrate isn't doing. I'd love to. Yeah. Last thing on your list. protein. Boom. I know it looks like big boys at the gym, right? Yeah. From my gains. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is... Part of your life already? It's part of my life already. Yeah. It comes and goes in waves. Mm -hmm. um, but I... When my grandmother was alive, she, you know, like people coming to the end of their life, she wasn't eating so much. And I remember mm. like her doctor saying like, you need to be getting more protein. Yes, it's great that you're eating, eating a toast and banana, but like 
your body needs protein and sometimes i have a baby and sometimes it's just hard to get protein into my diet mm -hmm. in the way that i needed to mm -hmm. and so i'll just add a scoop of this and be like okay that's that sorted smart yeah yeah because i do yeah. feel like if i have porridge without the protein mm. one like it's like my stomach is eating itself like i'm hungry again yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah, yeah. 15 minutes later you're like you anti ate yeah yeah it's <laughs> like, sometimes happens with an apple as well yeah like, yeah now it I'm more starts hungry. the hunger yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I find this really helps. Fat, a savage. And like what I really like about protein, so it's such a fundamental thing. WHO levels are so far behind what our body really needs. And I think it's like a bit about quantity, but it's more about quality of protein and in people's diets. Because in Ireland particularly, we're great on rashers and sausages, but we're not so great on European grown golden peas. Um, and, and the quality of the protein, it can be, if it's overcooked, like this is one of those things I hate prompting people being more orthorexic than they already are like yeah. like I am but when we like scramble eggs anything where the white uh the white of the egg or sorry the yolk of the egg um becomes becomes solid uh, and, and goes from translucent to solid you're essentially oxidizing damaging the proteins and oxidizing the cholesterol inside it and so you should be eating your eggs raw that's one of the reasons why raw eggs are so powerful the problem obviously being that you have to trust where the egg has come from again bringing up but food also that they're disgusting you. also yeah. <laughs> I, so I put it through pasta, you know, like I had a carbonara years ago and somebody stirred raw egg through it. I was in, I can't remember where I was, somewhere in France as a kid. I was like, what is this? And I ate it. I was like, I don't even taste the egg. It depends how you deliver it. Like, you know, yeah, Liver King that. and his eight raw eggs down the hatch. I'm not into it. No, you can't I, do I, it. I can't. You can't. The texture. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit slimy. Yeah, so, but anyway, fundamentally, yeah, WHO is way behind. They're still saying like 0.8 to 0.9 of a gram per kilo body weight maximally for people to support, you know, blood sugar regulation, bone, bone health, immunity, like all of these, like protein is underlying everything in our body. Like mm -hmm. protein equals amino acids but equals is it enzymes. the case that like, if you're getting vegetable protein, mm. that like the amount of carbohydrates that come with that protein are like almost outdoing? That's a real problem. It is a real problem. It's one of the reasons why I, when I talk to people who have chosen a vegan diet a lot, uh, that we have to kind of think about like, you know, how reliable your body is going to be at extracting the protein from the fiber. Yeah. So that's, a re that's one of the reasons why people like Peter Atia and stuff who are, you know, some of the most advanced voices in nutrition that I listen to uh, and learn from, I think they're bang on. This is amazing because they've liberated, they've taken the center of the core of the golden pea, which is like 91% protein is called pea this powerful extract. It means all the starch, well, 9% 9, 9 is left, but a tiny amount of starch is left it's really difficult to get the quantity of protein that we need from a vegan or vegetarian diet. Definitely. Like, so Some people me, say if you mix rice and beans, yeah. then it's a more complete protein. That's old school thinking and it's not wrong, but it was like, we used it's to a think- a lot of carbohydrate. Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's what, you know, South America and India did for the, you know, centuries and generations. So there's a bit of genetics in it. So some people will do well in that. Some people won't. You have to experiment to know, I guess also the problem is yeah like you said there's a lot of digestive work to liberate the protein from that the reason why they're saying those two things together is because you get a balance of amino acids and when you get the full spectrum of all the eight essential amino acids in one meal then your body is set now people are saying okay you've got a 24-hour window actually to get all those amino acids in so it doesn't have to be beans and rice in the same meal but i still think coming back to that same point that there is issues with trying to get enough protein that's high quality out of a vegan vegetarian diet i tend to recommend 1.2 to 1.5 grams even up to two grams per kilo body weight for protein yeah. It's also about digestibility, though, isn't it? Big because time. so many people now have digestive issues yeah. because yeah. of the stuff that's going on in there, in mm. the foods that we're eating and the amount exactly. of toxins and stuff that's going on in, the, in our general environments, mm. not only the foods. I find that some of the protein bars, I've moved on to eating just protein bars that are kind of just made of nuts. Mm. 
because the other ones that are extremely delicious, like they were just giving me such weird digestive issues, yeah. bloating. Yeah, um, the full fill bars, yeah, full of polyols, that sort of stuff, and polyols do have that, that issue, I think, yeah. Protein bars in general, like those grenade carb killers and fulfills they're so bad i mean they can't be good you look at the front you're like i don't trust this food and yet it tells me it's no sugar and really healthy i'm like and it's in a petrol station that there's like everything talking about being not good for you about yeah. it and yet you put it in your mouth you're oh, fine it's delicious i'm just gonna ignore that part of my conscience or, but like this probably it's, the same amount of protein in just a normal snickers bar that's interesting you know? actually is there well i like, haven't done that work milk chocolate there's nuts yeah. i mean yeah there's sugar and there's shit but like it's not Polyols. No, it's not polyols. Polyols are probably it's it's a bit like a TikTok vegetable oil situation, but yeah. but but it depends on the person. I think yeah, we're like it's just whole food diet. It's like recognizing the food that's going on on your plate. It's a big part of it. Satiety is a huge thing as well. Like eating your porridge when your stomach's eating yourself, you're like itself. You're kind of like something's wrong. What do I add in? Mm -hmm. Protein, fats, and fiber are the way we increase satiety, and mm -hmm. there's good reason behind that nutritionally. I think that's why yeah, nice. Get that into the porridge. Yep. Nice. Well, that's that's in my basket. That's, in that's, basket done. that's awful. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's so great that most of the things that you cho chose, you know, for this are food source yeah. things, and that's really nice to see as well because it's mm. exactly like you're saying on your little cup. What is it? Health is our heartbeat. Then the other one that yeah. you always have is food is our medicine. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, those things are really what your story is about and what mm. you live by. Yeah, it's just coming back to like you were talking about your grandmother. It's coming back to those like basic simple mm. fundamental truths that our grandmothers knew yeah. about eating like make common sense choices it doesn't mm. have to be so faddy and like these things about seed oils it's not like well, just because these tiny amounts of seed oils are yeah. in this one thing like what is the rest of the stuff that you're eating and if 80 percent of that stuff is really good it's fine yeah yeah that's if the rest of the stuff you're eating is rubbish, my grandmother used to say if it needs an advertising company behind it you don't need it exactly. bang on that's what we say that's all the time i was like say. if you've heard about a company like if jennifer Anderson has been telling you about something you're probably they're spending way more money on the market than they are in the product that's a bad sign yeah. isn't it yeah yeah tricky one but that's a good fundamental but i do think that there are no ads for pink lady apples how, how, how do you know uh, one weird one so do you know that like a lot of foods like basic fruit and vegetables actually were rebranded at some point by marketing agencies like do you know the origin the origin of the avocado no. This is fun. So the the avocado up until well, if you're me, it's fun. Sorry, it's nerdy. But uh, sorry, up until sorry, up until <laughs> up until the nineteen sixties, avocados were called alligator pears. The okay. avocado farmers association employed a marketing company to go, how do we make these damn things sell? Nobody wants to buy an alligator pear, and they go avocado, and suddenly it's like the but doyen. Yeah, but an alligator pear is such a good description because so cool. the skin is, is like an alligator, it's like an alligator. And, and it's a pear. I feel like now Let's that like, alligator them. pear would be it would do be it. like. We'll cool. want an alligator pear. Yeah, yeah because cool. avocado has some bad PR. Doesn't it? Because of the hand cramping environment. The environment. Cocaine things, yeah, all those bad things, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we could go on, on for a long time. <laughs> Stephanie Fraser, thank you so much thank for coming so much. in and sharing what's in your basket. It's mm. been a joy. Such a treat. And can't wait to hear how you get on with your hot sauce and when we have our next competition. Water. Yeah. <laughs> when you have your next competition, I'm going to win. Deadly. Oh, oh so done. Exciting. Oh, you're in. I love it, Mick. You're on the hook. Okay. Just remains for us to thank our sponsors, Clear Light Saunas. Another way of getting heat into your body is by sitting in loads of lovely red light. It's delicious, it reduces inflammation, does all sorts of amazing things, you can read all about it. Come to us if you want a discount code. And also, Wandering to Wellness, our own brand of clothes, which I'm not actually wearing, but I should be. This is Fresh Cuts, another good Irish organic cotton brand, yay. So um, come and the wanderingtowellnessproject.com is a place to get your organic merch from us. Stephanie Bryson, thank you so much for coming in. This has been a real treat. Uh, oh great favorite. chat and I look and forward lovely to seeing you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, lovely little plug at the end. Okay, thanks guys. Bye. Bye.